0: The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. Welcome back to part two of this episode. I really hope you enjoyed part one. Now let's get back into it. So what did the recovery look like for you, Karen? In, like you come out of this coma, you've gotten through it, thankfully. What did the next few weeks or even couple months look like for you just trying to get back to living your life?
1: So it's funny when I talk about it now because so much more, like I forget things if I tell the whole story. I forget things until you ask a question like that. And sitting in a, in a bed for a couple of weeks and and in a coma, I, I couldn't walk. So I had a walker and, um, they would, um, first couple of days, it was a bedpan, And then I was able to use a walker to get to the, to the bathroom. And then they wanted me to start trying to walk around the halls. So I couldn't walk. I had no, my, I remember like this, saying I couldn't even pick my head up. My head felt like it was 3,000 pounds. Like, I, and they were like, you have to put your head back. And I, I, I couldn't do it, whether that's, I don't know if that's the way I was laying in the coma. I have no idea. They brought me a walker and um, they said I could not walk without a nurse. And so I would just get up and try and start walking. And I'd walk a couple steps at a time, walk around the room, go back and sit down. And then by the end of the week and a half, they were telling me, you know, be careful. You can't walk on your own as long as one of your family members is with you. I would just be doing laps around the to show them I was ready to go home. Um, I had to do dialysis in the hospital. And that was, I don't remember how many times a a week that was. But um, they would take you down to the basement and I was laying in this bed and dialysis takes hours and hours. And, um, I would, uh, be in this little, it was so dark. And these nurses were, I mean, though dialysis nurses are unbelievable. Also, I did, um, dialysis in the hospital and then I did it three weeks or three months after. So I was on dialysis for a while. I had, um, I had to do stress tests because of the heart failure that I experienced. Um, I had a, a visiting nurse come to the house and explain diabetes because nobody did it in the hospital um, and uh, taught me how to inject. And the first, the first night he came, I remember him saying I had to do a double dose and I questioned him on it. And he said, No, this is absolutely how you do it. And that night was my first experience. And I have the screenshots of it. I woke up at 34. My sugar was 34. And you talk about it all the time, how that melting feeling. I remember laying in bed and feeling like I was in water, like I was in a just a a tub of water. And I remember going like this with my ears and feeling water everywhere. I was obviously sweating profusely. And I was like, oh, what's going on? Never had that feeling before because I've been high for years. (laughs) And crawl out of bed, check my sugar. I'm at 34. Get to the refrigerator and just start. (laughs) My first experience of eating the kitchen. And it took me probably an hour to go to go high and I I loved the feeling of high at that point because that low was that first horrible. And then the next day, the, the nurse recanted on that and said, oh, you shouldn't have done. And I said, that's why I questioned you on it because I didn't think that was the right way to do it. And you kept insisting on it. Mm-hmm. But overall, by the end, of, this was in March and school lets out in uh, early June. And I was able to go back and visit my kids, um, for the end of the year. And, um, so they were, they were happy to see me. And I think I went in, it was probably late May, the first time I went in. And then I finished up the year and and went back to teaching, but it took, it was a couple months.
0: You went back to teaching that year. You're, you're a beast beast
1: yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I'm, yeah I'm also not surprised Karen given the work that you do inside the program with us I'm in no way surprised that that's the sort of mentality that you had I'd love to go back even yeah. to just to that first hypo because I, I don't I don't know if I can remember my first hypo but I can absolutely relate to that feeling where you wake up and you are you feel as if your entire body has just melted had you been told about that before it happened or did it just happen?
1: Not in any way. No, it, it just happened because that was literally my first, I think the first, um, the first night at home we slept on the couch because I couldn't even, I had so, tubes in me still. I couldn't even, so this might've been, yeah, because he came the second day I was home. And so my husband was sleeping in the bedroom and I remember just making it and I, I knew I wanted to check my sugar because I wanted to know what what it looked like. And it was 34. And I just like, it's like your body knows that you are just the only thing that's going to save your life is food. And you literally eat everything in sight. I mean, I, and you've said it, it's so funny. You, you, look down and you've got wrappers everywhere and a jar (laughs) of peanut butter is open and juice boxes everywhere and candy wrappers. And you're like, Oh my gosh. Like you have no idea the first time what's going to make it better. And I mean, even just to have, I I wish I would have had a regular can of Coke at home. It would have made it so much easier, but I had had no idea. Never, never been told about it. Mm. Never been told Hey, when you're this low, do this or stop taking insulin. Hadn't been told anything. I mean, it was, it's like taking a new baby home from the hospital and you're like, what am I supposed to do now? Like what it's crying. What do I do? Hmm. I don't know. You know,
0: It's actually a really good analogy. Like viewing it as if I am taking a baby home here, I've been given the bare minimum in terms of information and knowledge to deal with it, but it's kind of like jump in, you're thrown into the deep end. I'm fascinated by, and that's why I asked the question, I'm fascinated by the fact that we almost instinctively know that when our blood sugar is low, it's like, I need food, I need food, I need sugar. Even though we have, like in your entire life up to that point, 45 years, you hadn't experienced that feeling. You didn't even know what it was. You didn't know how to fix that feeling, but it was just that. It was almost like a a, a strange sort of like instinctive primal reaction, which is fascinating.
1: Unbelievable. I know it's, it's so, it's the weirdest feeling, but you know that that's all that's going to save you. That's it. (laughs) And you better get out of my way (laughs) because you eat everything. I mean, God.
0: Yeah. It's funny, actually. I, I don't know if you were on the call, but one of the group calls that we had recently inside the program, <clears throat> Sandra, who, who you obviously know from the program, lives with diabetes for 35 years. And we were talking about hypos one of the days. And she, what did she say? She said in her house, her husband says, when Sandra's crying, she's low. But when her husband's crying, she's high, (laughs) which I thought thought is unreal. Because it's like, when I'm high, just stay away, stay away. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you feel then, Karen, physically, given the fact that obviously you've come out of hospital after this unbelievably intense and traumatic introduction to diabetes. You've been in the coma. Prior to that, you spent eight or nine months up at 400 plus blood sugars, no matter what you did. How did you feel physically after that, knowing I'm type one, knowing I'm taking my insulin, knowing that your blood sugars are consistently a lot lower?
1: I'd say, I mean, absolute relief. Very, very sad, obviously. I There's nobody type one in my family that I know of. Um, so, just wondering why. Um, I know a lot of t- diabetics. There's there's been something um, something extreme that's happened to them in the months or weeks prior. Meaning, like they've had a really bad fever or a flu or something like that. That some people think is like an onset of like, you know what I mean of of why you have why you why your body does this to it all mm. of a sudden. Um, but it was, it was absolutely wonderful to know that there was a reason, um, that I was so sick for so long. And, you know, I, I almost, sometimes I think shame on me, like what, obviously what I know now about type one and I have type two in my family. I mean, my dad was type two, my mom was type two, my grandfather was type two and did shots. So I just figured, okay, even though I don't think type two is as genetic, I think you're predisposed to that high cholesterol and, and things like that. But as a type one, I mean, it was really just relief that I knew that I was going to be okay now. And that there was a medication that was going to help me feel (laughs) way better than I'd been feeling for a long time, you know? And I mean, I, I, learning how to do your shots and stuff like that. Like that's, it's, it's crazy. Like you said, that's all just stuff that you go home and you say, well, make sure you count your carbs, make sure you go low carb, make sure you do this. And you talk about the American diabetic um, diet and they want you to eat, you know, they're telling me you have to eat 45 carbs a meal. You have to do this. You have to, and it's just all this information which then you start to sort through and see what's gonna work. But just the feeling of knowing that uh, I'm not sick and I'm not gonna die, I'm gonna be okay was fantastic.
0: Hmm. I would imagine there was a lot of relief from your husband too, knowing that this is the answer as to why my wife has been feeling as she's felt for eight, nine months.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: I'm curious to know, Karen, because I've as you know, I've had hundreds, if not thousands, of conversations with, with diabetics over the years. Some who are diagnosed really young, so some who are diagnosed around the time I was 19, 20-ish, and then others later on, like when our when we're past our 30s, 40s, potentially even 50s. And it's always that debate around like as if there's a perfect time to be diagnosed, but When is the best time? Is it best to get it when you're younger so you don't know anything different? Is it better to get it when you're later so you've had all this time in your life without diabetes up to this point? Given the fact that you were diagnosed at 45, what do you feel... I know obviously outside of having to inject and be aware of food and exercise and these kinds of things. What do you feel was the biggest change for you? Or what do you feel was the biggest challenge for you?
1: Hmm. I would say the misunderstanding of being a type two, I think. Um, I'm a teacher and teachers love their you know, you have donut days and candy drawers and, and all this nonsense, but I mean, teachers would come by me with donuts and say, oh, sorry, that's right. You can't have one, you know? And so what it really started to do is it really started to give me a, a really bad relationship with food because other people would be shaming me because, They think I'm a type two. I know I'm really a type one now, but they're saying, you know, they're thinking, oh, you can't eat this. So at school, I have people telling me, you know, oh, I got sugar-free candy for you. (laughs) You know, I got this for you instead of a donut. And it took me, it took me to your program to be able to say, no, no. and, And now I almost do it out of defiance and say, no, no, no. I'll take that donut because I can have that donut. I can have whatever I want. I can have whatever you have. That's not what type one is. You know what I mean? And I think that trying to, to educate people on that itself is just, it's almost, it's tiring doing that, you know, and, and being able to, to educate them and, and have them realize that I, I can have what I want. All I have to, my pancreas is in this pen right here. Like I just have to inject it and I'll be okay. Yours is inside. But but that was the biggest change for me was I I started to see, like you said, with kids, I feel like if they don't know any different, they have it a little bit easier because what happened to me as a 45 year old adult is now I've changed my relationship with food because of what other people are telling me I can and can't have. And so it took me a long time to find you and to learn and realize that, no, no, no. I, I I can eat what I want. I just have to, I have to fit diabetes in the life that I want. That's it. You know, mm. I'm not fitting my life to fit. Oh, I've got to go do this. Nope. You know, I'm going to do what I want to do. And diabetes is going to find its way in, you know, and that that's okay with me, mm. you know, That's something that,
0: Stood out to me about you, even completely separate to diabetes, the first time we had a call, Karen, I I remember speaking to you and I remember getting off the call thinking she is going to just be unbelievable inside the program. And you have been up to this point and you still are up to this point. But. I just knew that you were somebody who tackles things head on, and it's really clear to see that even just specifically with your diabetes, What attributes, Karen, do you feel you have as a person that have almost helped you manage your diabetes up to this point? Because from my perspective and what I've seen, and even from what I've heard, you never really struggled with the accepting part of it. It was almost as if it was like, this is it. This is the thing I'm dealing with now. It's just, boom, what do I need to do? What do I need to focus on what what's in my control. And it's really, really clear with that. Even when you do check-ins with us, it's like we 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 advise or give you guidance or support. And it's just boom, straight into it. So what is it about you personally that you feel has has helped you manage with your diabetes or manage your diabetes?
1: It's gonna sound really funny, but I I'm a middle child. I got bossed around a lot when I was a kid. <laughs> And if I didn't do what I was supposed to do, (laughs) I'd be in trouble. But, but for real, like I I really am a rule follower and I always have been, I'm a type A personality. I am a checklist. I am a, here's my to-do list. Here's my calendar. Here's my, as a teacher, I mean, as a math teacher, teaching math is a process. It's steps. It's this is how you've got to do this problem, especially algebra, which is what I taught. And so If I'm teaching kids how to follow a process and say, hey, if you deviate from this process, you're going to get the wrong answer. You've got to go back to that step and work on that step again. It's the same with diabetes. It's like, okay, there's all these things that that should be done ideally, and you can deviate a little bit and maybe make something work a little bit or take the long way around to solve a problem, but you've got to do what you got to do to, to make it happen and just being super organized being a creature of habit has really helped me and you know i mean there's there's people in the type 1 group that are you know that eat things that i could never imagine eating but it, i do what works for me and i and i work with and i love to see people that that you know eat their pizza and and get it right or you know learn from it and get it wrong the first time and and fix it but me being a, a creature of habit really helps me figure things out. But what I said the other day is I, I had half a sub roll and I really eat low carb and I was told to stay away from bread. And, you know, only with your program, am I like, I'm going to try this bread and I'm going to bowl this for it and I'm going to wait and I'm going to see what happens. And so just to kind of reach out and do, like I said, go off my beaten path a little bit and try something new has been really refreshing for me because I I really am such a creature of habit that when I say, I'm not gonna eat potatoes anymore, or I'm not gonna eat bread anymore, I can wrap my head around that and do it. Mm. But now I've been able to say, oh, I'm gonna go off that a little bit. You know, I I have a plan, but I'm gonna go off of it a little bit. But being that that person that keeps track of things and writes things down and says, okay, I know that this is going to work for me this time, or I've got to give myself a little bit more this time, or take the walk to bring the sugar down. It's to have that plan that makes diabetes management, I don't want to say easy, but absolutely doable Hmm. and fit into your life.
0: Absolutely. And, And that's the key. It's like having that information, having that clarity, having that understanding. So that like, yeah, you can't deviate. Away from things or do things differently, and still keep yourself in that range that you want. And it's it's a conversation that I've had, say, a good few times over the years. And it's again something else that fascin- fascinates me is the fact that diabetes is such a unique condition in the sense that yes, it's it's the same for everybody, as in we all need insulin. You know, food impacts our blood sugar, exercise impacts our blood sugar, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. but It's so unique in the fact that because we are all such different types of people, that can absolutely have a significant impact on our diabetes and how we manage it. And the way I look at it, even just from my experience, the way I look at it is if you are almost naturally that kind of type A personality where like you do like checklists and it's like bang, 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 bang. Things are in order more naturally to you. I feel as if you're almost at an advantage with diabetes. Well, as in at an advantage as somebody who gets diabetes, because diabetes loves that sort of organization and routine and structure to a certain extent. And if you're somebody who is just naturally like that, I feel it's easier to fit things in because it's something that comes more naturally to you.
1: Naturally. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. It's been, that's why I feel like it's been just something that it just, it, it it happened to me. It is what happened to me. And It's just move on every day. Like I can't take it back. There's nothing else. I can't change anything. Take the information that I have and just move forward with it. And you're right. Like that, those checklists and things like that that you keep routine for me really have helped me tremendously and it's made it easy, you know?
0: Karen, I have one more question for you. I've really, really enjoyed this this conversation and I appreciate you going into such detail about it. And I know we're gonna be speaking a good bit, uh, not not so long away. but I've one more question for you. I think you might know what the question is because you do listen to the podcast. But if you had to thank your diabetes for something, what would that be? I know it might be a bit of a difficult one given your experience up to this point.
1: Because I listen to your podcast, <laughs> it's an easy one. So, so like I said, it, having having doctors and doctors and doc- doctors come to your room and say, "Wow, we would have never thought you would have made it," and just so so happy to see you smile and have so many people say that to me. Just from that day on, has given me a new appreciation for relationships, an appreciation for the people around me that are you know that that I check in with or that I talk to or family or friends and from that day on it's been easy to tell people and to realize that tomorrow is never promised and so to not take relationships for granted and to say three simple words that maybe don't get said enough for some people but maybe get said too often for others. And that's, I love you to people that, you know, you're on the phone with and you don't know when you're going to talk to them again, or, you know, realize that today could be your last day. You have have no idea. Tomorrow's never promised. So it really like, I have to thank diabetes for giving me that perspective of (laughs) you never know, you know, appreciate, appreciate what you have in the here and now because you have no idea what's
0: around the corner. Mm. Yeah. Diabetes has a, a unique way of putting in a, in a strange sort of way, our own mortality in our face every now and then. So having that appreciation for our health and our loved one's health and friends and people around us is really important. So Karen, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I've really enjoyed this. And I'm looking forward to your continued progress inside the program with us. So thank you. Thank you so much. you really enjoyed us
1: Me too. Thank you so much, Owen. Happy to be a part of it.
0: Another massive thank you to today's guest. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out their social channels and links that we've included in the episode description. If you enjoy the podcast, which I'm guessing you do because you listen, be sure to rate, subscribe and share. It really, really helps the podcast get heard by more people when you rate, when you subscribe, and when you share. If you feel that you've been able to benefit from it so far, likely someone else would be too. If you have any questions or stories for myself and Graham, please do not hesitate to reach out. We absolutely love getting in the email stories and questions. You can do this through theinsalonepodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more from me, stay connected or even work with me and other people living with type 1 diabetes who want to be fitter, healthier and happier within my Type 1% Better online program, you can message me directly through Instagram or you can fill out an application form through the link in the podcast description. And as always, another massive thank you to you for your time and your ears. We greatly appreciate you showing up each week time after time ready to gain knowledge and confidence around your diabetes management. So until next week, have a good day, have a good week, look after those blood sugars, and I'll chat to you soon. Take it easy.